Welcome to Will It Game, the podcast about creating crappy board games from one board family. I'm your host, Ryan Gatowski, joined today as always by Rick White. Hello, Ryan. Rick. It's good seeing you on the podcast, even though I don't see you. I was about to say, you can't see me. This is audio medium. Um, How do you know I can't see you? Listen, I, I've taken <laughs> out at least four of the cameras that you've hidden in my house. Um, and so I'm hoping that's all of them. Those were expensive cameras too, Rick. So uh, this this week on the episode, we have guest judges Josh Capel and Daryl Chow. How are you all doing tonight? Doing great. For yeah, Daryl, it's not tonight, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Daryl is on the opposite side of the world recording this with us. Uh, Daryl, thank you for waking up and starting your day in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> sure. It's one of those things where your day can only go up after you finish this podcast. Like <laughs> That's true. Cool. That's absolutely true. So Josh and Daryl, you guys are working on a game together and it's currently on Kickstarter. Why don't you guys tell us about it? The game that we are uh, putting onto Kickstarter via publisher Burnt Island Games is uh, one that Daryl and I have been working on together in various iterations for years now, and it's called Into Deep. And in Into Deep, you are uh, agents of a secret organization devoted to bringing down an evil uh, global crime syndicate. And uh, it's sort of a futuristic dystopian setting where um, you have... uh, developed the technology to hack into the illegal cybernetics that the syndicate uh, puts into its operatives. And in that way, you can um, influence how they act around the city. So you are sort of infiltrating the syndicate in that way by taking control of their operatives and using them to uh, commit crimes around the city in an effort to win their trust and get close to the syndicate to find the evidence you need in order to bring them down. That sounds pretty amazing. And Rick, you actually have gotten to play this. Yes, I have. Um, and it's yeah. quite good. Bob and I played with Sean the other day um, and on Tabletop Simulator, and it is a very good game. Um, I love uh, games that have you know mechanics that there's a lot of different things that are working together really well in that game to um, give you a good gameplay experience. And it's pretty well balanced and... Um, it it seems complicated like it took us a while to learn the rules but as soon as you know we started playing it's like oh this is what i'm doing in the game like it wasn't one of those where i felt i had to check in every five seconds in the rule book i knew exactly what i was doing every turn it's a really really good game that's That's great to hear (laughs) yeah awesome so Daryl and Josh, we asked, we're asking our guests a random question from a list of 250 questions uh, as we start the show. This question for you is, what mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Not first, called it. <laughs> it's on you, Daryl. Oh, Daryl, sorry. <laughs> um, wow. Give me a second to think about this one. Okay. I have to be honest, I was so eager to yell not first that I didn't even totally hear the question. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Yeah, I think one of those creatures that, like, maybe a dragon, like the the ones that kind of uh, unite people that... Because, like, like a peaceful dragon. No, actually the ones that kind of, like, threaten to, to, to kill everyone. 
Oh, <laughs> we have to unify to save ourselves, is what yeah, you're exactly. saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It always brings yeah. people together in some weird way. That's yeah. very true. When you have to deal with a dragon, usually people like each other because they're like, hey, we got to come together to defeat this dragon. It's a yeah, good, yeah, exactly. good plan, Daryl. Josh? I was going to say leprechauns for the same reason. No, not for the same reason. But <laughs> le- yeah. Leprechauns, because we can always improve our pot of gold ratio in the world. And I think the leprechauns would uh, allow that to happen. That's uh, true. You haven't seen a pot of gold recently. And I think not it's in because a long of the lack time, of friend. leprechauns. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have an important question, because this might just be a southern you know, USA thing. Have you guys ever heard of a jackalope? Yes. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say, if you hadn't heard of a jackalope, the rest of this podcast can just be talking about jackalopes and explaining their mythology. <laughs> Fifteen-minute jackalope, yeah. uh, talk. Okay, that's, that's but we're a, good. That's not a. That's not like a lengthy mythology, is it? Those are those are a recent. Down here, man, I'm just telling you, some of the jackalope stories I've done heard are. No, we can move on. Rick can that. make anything feel like an eternity. There you go. <laughs> oh, so this episode we're going to go with the theme of puppets uh, that Josh and Daryl have come up with. So, uh, Rick, I think you're the most prepared to talk about puppets in your game pitch. So, why don't you pitch first? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and thank uh, my wife Sarah for this idea. Um, this game is called The Lonely Goat Herd. And it's based around the Lonely Goat Herd song, which is prominently featured in the film The Sound of Music. Have you both seen The Sound of Music? Oh, a million times when I was a kid, okay. but not in a long time. Okay. But are you familiar with the song? If you sang it? The one I'm with the sure yodeling. The there. Yodel, lady, 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 lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Daryl, are you familiar with the Goat Herd song? I don't think I remember it at all. All right, hold on. I'll just bring it up and play the whole... No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> so, in this, it's, uh, again, it's a puppet show that the kids perform in The Sound of Music. And personally, I didn't know any of the words. It feels like I only knew the yodeling part. But it turns out the song is all about all the different people that hear the goat herd until a goat... Uh, sorry, a goat. A girl hears him, and then they fall in love. Um, I was unaware of these types of goat herd mating rituals, but this is, you know, fantastic to learn. Um, In this game, you'll be doing your very best to make all the different types of villagers hear you. So the game is set up similar to Castle Panic, but on a larger board and backwards. So in Castle Panic, you know, you have a bunch of different things trying to attack um, you in a central castle, and you're working together to fight off those attackers. But in this one, you're going to be playing individually and people will be moving away from your central location. And of course you will, everybody controls a goat herd in the middle of the board, which is high on a hill, just like in the song and different discs, um, or of course, minis in our super deluxe version will represent the different types of people, which, and again, I didn't know the words, but there are a prince on the bridge of a castle moat, uh, men drinking beer with the foam afloat, um, and men in the midst of a table dote which is apparently a meal served at a fixed time and a fixed price. I learned so much while trying to do research for this game pitch. Um, But anyway, these people will be moving away from your hill and uh, on their way to do their different things. Your job is to make sure they hear you. So you'll have to use different volume levels, but you have to be careful because if you're too loud uh, every time that you yodel, 
to try to attract people, you'll eventually go hoarse and have to rest your voice for a few turns. So on a turn, you might move to a different section of the board. You might sing out um, in order to, you know, sing out to the people in that section to get their attention. And thus you will get points if you attract their attention. But you'll also have the goats. So instead of singing to people, you can sing, a, I guess, a goat song. And that puts the goats into action. The goats can force people to stop moving or move them over to a different space. But all of you are controlling the same goats. So you've got to be careful because somebody might ruin your great plan. Um, the game will be played over a certain number of rounds with each player earning points for the people they attract. And the one who has the most points at the end of the game wins. And that is uh, the Lonely Goat Herd. Nice. <laughs> yes. So any questions about this wonderful Sound of Music-based game? Yeah, yeah. Do you have to actually verbally yodel during the game? Um, I think that's going to be highly encouraged. Um, and I think you'll match your volume levels. Maybe what we can do is like have in the, again, in the Kickstarter Deluxe version, there's um, a volume monitor. And so the level that you <laughs> sing at is the distance to which you are attracting mm. the people pieces on the board. Seems like a good $100 upgrade. Yeah. And then also, you know, we'll go super deluxe and have like, you know, the dark tower central thing that they had in that remake of the game. We're going to totally go that route. And the hill is going to do all kinds of fun stuff. The goats will come out of the hill for absolutely no reason, but it'll cost $250. Classic overproduction scenario. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a mechanics person, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I and, think and the mechanics are flawless. I think. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't even test it. It just go right straight to print. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we generally do things, anyway. So I'm going to pitch a game about puppets, and uh, this is going to be more of the felt puppet variety. Uh, this game is called Binky's Crime Party. Feltville is the name of the town, and it's filled with some pretty wild characters. Uh, The problem is that somebody has been eliminating the fabric citizens from the city. Players have to use their deduction skills to play through 10 unsolved crimes that happen in Feltville. And uh, during the game, the game comes with both physical puzzles as well as a digital app that they can interact with. Uh, Up to four players work to solve each of the crimes, and in the box you'll find 10 individual cases. So they're prepackaged. They can actually be replayed if you'd like, so you don't have to destroy them. You can end up playing it with a friend and then handing that off to a friend so that they could uh, check out that case. Um, You investigate crazy storylines about puppets who have turned evil and gone against their puppet friends. Um, Some stories will include puzzles that have to be solved for new clues leading to a break in the case. And then some packets will actually include simple card games uh, using using different mechanics like uh, the one found in Hanabi um, and set collection games and things like that. And you can get special clues for the cases. The winner of these small little mini card games uh, actually gets additional information from the crime. Now this game is unique. Binky's crime party is both a cooperative and a competitive game. The reason why is that some of the packets are going to be cooperative play and some of them are going to be competitive play cases. Uh, Players aren't required to play the games in any order since each case acts as a standalone game. That was Binky's crime party. 
fun for all ages and super violent, by the way. Super violent. Really, also. really gory. <laughs> it's a nice juxtaposition. Yeah. Who's Binky? He's actually the uh, the crime solver. He's the detective. So he he's a felt detective. puppet. He's he's orange. Um, has a has kind of a small square nose. Um, very off putting hair. Uh, he's not a not a good looker. So that's more that's more pinky detail than I expected. Yeah, yeah, I made it up. <laughs> how does the puppet mechanics? Uh, how are they reflected in the, in the in so the, the game? Puppet- yeah, so the puppet uh, the puppet idea this this theme is more of the theme of the game. So I think we've we've played games like Chronicles of Crime that set you in this place that is, is a realistic. You know, this could be Chicago, this could be L.A., this could be any place in the world. Um, you know, it can be London. Well, Binky's Crime Party takes place in this weird, crazy, whacked out world where unicorns are a real thing. Um, that that you know. Um, the streets are are made with popsicle sticks and things like that. So it's it's interesting because it's almost you wouldn't expect crime to happen in this really family friendly looking place that's made out of puppets. And the puppets are going to come in all shapes and sizes and a variety. You know, um, we're gonna we're gonna have some clever names and things like that and puns in the game for people to enjoy. So um, how close were you sitting to the Chronicles of Crime bo- uh, box when you wrote this pitch? Well, I was holding it, and what I was doing was I was actually typing, I was actually typing uh, the rule book, and then I was like, you know what? I should probably throw in some of my own ideas. Closer or further than Rick was sitting to the Castle Panic box. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But my, my Castle Panic box was uh, upside down. That's why the pieces move away instead of coming closer. <laughs> That's, that makes Smart. Sense. Smart. Yeah. You know, 90% of all games are just other games upside down. Yep. <laughs> That's going to be on the box, on, on my box art underneath, or at the very does bottom. Does feel like another game? Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. Statistics from Josh Capel. I just think that 90% seems like it cannot be mathematically possible. <laughs> it, would have, it would have to be, at most, half. No, 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 no. It's it's a logical... I, path that we're following so yeah yeah absolutely so any questions about binky's crime party questions no? about binky's crime party let's see not, not questions but i do have a comment about the yeah. the, the uh, collaborative the cooperative and competitive aspect mm-hmm. i think that's really a very cool idea for the scenario to uh determine whether it is or isn't cooperative or uh competitive that's really yeah. cool I, don't, I, I was did thinking you, about you, it. Did Go you ahead. get that from somewhere? Is that something you've no, seen in no. another game? No, I just thought really about cool it idea. because there are some there are some people who you know I've got some people in my life like I like competitive games and I like cooperative games. Uh, my wife is a very competitive person, so she shies away from the cooperative games. She every once in a while will put a game on the table and she'll be like, "Oh, it's cooperative," you know. Um, not that she doesn't want to work well with others, but it's she'd rather have the rush of playing against someone. So this box kind of merges those two worlds, and it's like, you know what? Case number three is competitive. There's a mini card game that's included in this case that we're going to have to play against each other. Um, everybody's going to use their own phone to solve like part of the crime. So we'll play this one because we know everybody at the table likes competitive games. 
Yeah, I always cool. like the idea of um, I can't remember what it was, um, what other game I was thinking about, but where you're solving a crime and you're competing against each other. It's like, no, I will figure out who murdered this person first. No, I'm going to hide this evidence. You will never figure out who murdered a person. It's like, oh, this is a great way for our world to work, where we all compete in order to solve a crime. There we go. Crimes would probably get solved then. Oh, yeah. There you go. We need to privatize Privatize (laughs) the detective. Yes. All right. So at this point in the the podcast, Daryl, Josh, you all have to come up with a decision uh, about which game is the least crappy board game pitch. Uh, The standards are very low. You guys can shout it out at the same time if you feel like it, or you can, we can close our ears and you guys can debate it amongst yourselves. Yeah. Whatever you need us to do. Yeah. Whatever. Daryl, what, what, how do you want to handle this? Uh, do you have a strong feeling either way? I have a feeling. Okay. I mean, to me, I think the goat, the goat's one, because it feels more like the, the puppet mechanic feels more present. I am like, like pointing. I'm I'm pointing my finger at the screen as if I am on a pod uh, on a video call. Going yes, yes. There we agreed. go. Because, like, I think Binky could be like a rabbit or like a, a clown. And yeah, you thought yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, Binky's crime party has some cool ideas, but it feels like it doesn't have to be a puppet uh, game. Whereas the lone is a lonely goat herder. The lonely goat herd. Yep, lonely goat herd. It has a. It comes from a puppet uh, source because there's a yeah. puppet show in the film, and there also is some aspect of using your songs to control people and sort of puppeteer the people and also the goats at the yeah, same time. So that's true. That was that, that was my feeling too. So I think Whee! that uh, I think we got to go with Rick on this one. Yes, there we go. Good yes. win, Rick. Although I'll say, I'll say it feels good. I'll say they were both crappy. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, don't get so, me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they were That's both absolutely just terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a box quote that we're using. Yes. So. yes. Second most crappy game of this podcast. <laughs> yes. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so you guys uh tell us where people can find Into Deep and where they can find the work that you guys do in the board game industry. Okay, we'll take turns. Um Daryl, why don't you uh take 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 it away first? <clears throat> okay, so um I've been working um, full-time in board games for about a year now, um, but before that, I've been designing for almost 10 years. Um, Josh and I are part of the Game Artisans of Canada, uh, where we um, kind of hone all our game design skills. Yeah. Um, the last year, I've been in Singapore, and I, I started a publishing company called Origame, um, www.origame.co. Um, I think by the end of this year, we should have six games out. Nice. Um, I mean, and, and I mean, we, I still design games for other com- companies like uh, Jumbo in over in Europe, and of course, uh, working together with all the game artisans still, like Josh, and that's um, into deep, and uh, we're really excited about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, at, in our game, I, I I take the the chance to kind of do games about my own cultures like uh, games about Singapore, games about Asia, things like that. So I, I have a, a, lo- a lot less leash than when designing for other publishers. Right. Yeah. 
Nice. Okay. Um, I'm a uh, game designer, graphic designer, game artist, rulebook writer. Um, I w- I've worked for many, many different publishers. Right now, most of the work that I do is for uh, the two companies my wife and I um, run and own. And uh, those companies are Burnt Island, which is producing Into Deep. And you might wonder how I got such a wonderful uh, uh, close contact to publish a game. <laughs> and that, that's, that's the secret. Nepotism all the way. There you go. And also uh, Kids Table Board Gaming. Uh, Into Deep um, is going to be uh, probably on Kickstarter during this podcast as you air it. Yep. So uh, people can find that by going to Kickstarter and searching for the name Into Deep. Um, aside from that, uh, I'm working on games for, uh, for Burnt Island Games, for uh, Kids Table. Um, our next game is going to be called Creature Comforts by Roberta Taylor. It's really fun. Um, Kids Table does games for families. You guys, I know, are familiar with them. Yep. Yep. And I do a lot yep. of work for a brand. Our game as well, well, but all family-oriented games. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to make games that uh, people can play with their kids or without their kids or that yeah. their kids can play without them. So that's the, Very the cool. goal of that company. I also do a lot of work for Grand Gamers Guild, um, doing art and graphic design for them as well. So that's nice. uh, that's what I do with uh, in the game Very world. Very cool. Well, you guys, be sure to check out the show notes. We're going to have links to both their webs, all, all three of the websites, and then also a link to the Kickstarter campaign for Into Deep. You guys, check that out. Uh, Rick gives it a, a, a huge thumbs up. Uh, mm-hmm. As soon as Rick and Bob finished, they were immediately like, man, you should have played that. I was like, uh, you losers. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, and thanks for being our guest judges. Uh, remember, if you want to find out what One Board Family is up to and what we're reviewing and covering, go over to OneBoardFamily.com, and you can find us on all the social media sites at One Board Family. Until next time, we'll see you at the table. Punchboard Media where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. <laughs>